Welcome to the Sunday Morning Podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Horsham. This message is by Rohan Andrew. Hi everyone, my name's Rohan. I'm the pastor of Kingdom Faith in Crawley. Um, It's great to be with you all this morning. I'm just going to be continuing on uh, with the message that you heard last week as we're just going to be working through the book of Ephesians over these next few months. So I'm going to be tackling this morning um, Ephesians 1 verse 15 to 23. And I listened to Colin's message last week and it was really, really, really good. And there's so much in there to, to kind of pull and draw from. And um, I'm just going to start off by praying and then I'm just going to read that chunk of scripture and then we'll move on from there. So, Father God, I just want to thank you for all that you want to say to every individual today, Father God, everyone that you're that's under the sound of my voice listening to this message. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you just impart your wisdom, your understanding, your revelation. Father, you impart your heart to people so that they can come away from hearing this message and have a transformed life, that they apply the things that they hear today into their lives and see a transformation. Father, I just speak through me. Father, cause everyone's ears and eyes and hearts to be open to your word today in Jesus' name, amen. So Ephesians 1 verse 15 to 23 just says this, this is in the NIV. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. The power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in this present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be the head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. So that's a great chunk of scripture. There's so much to pull out of that scripture. We could literally do a few months just focused on that little chunk of scripture. There's stuff to do in there about prayer. There's stuff to do in there about receiving um, revelation and understanding from God. There's stuff to do with who Jesus is and the authority and the power that we have in his name and the power that he wants to work in our lives. So I'm, I'm not going to be able to go through all of that scripture this morning, but I'm just going to pull a few things out of there for us to kind of take, take home. So first of all, one thing, one, one verse that I do want to pull out and just focus on this morning is verse 17. And in that, Paul was saying, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. And one thing I found out in my life, in in my walk with the Lord over these last 20 years or so, is that 
so much is about knowing Jesus, knowing God, knowing him better. And I can understand why Paul was praying this for the church in Ephesus, because he realized that when we know him better, we can then do what he's asking us to do. We can then hear him, understand him, know what he's calling us to do. But building, it's building that relationship with God. And that's what our whole lives are about, getting to know God better. Um, and when I talk about knowing God, it's not just knowledge that we read a book and we know about him, but it's actually experiential knowledge. So knowing him in experience, so encountering him, hearing his voice, knowing what he's asking us to do day by day, you know, just knowing his love for us. It's that experiential kind of encountering him knowledge that we're talking about. So it's knowing him intimately. Um, in 1 John 1, it's 1 to 2, John knew the Lord. So John obviously uh, was around with, with Jesus in his ministry and his time here on earth. And he says this right at the beginning of um, his, his first epistle. He says, we proclaim to you the one who existed from the beginning, whom we have heard and seen. We saw him with our own eyes and touched him with our own hands. He's the word of life. This one who is life itself was revealed to us and we have seen him. And now we testify and proclaim to you that he is the one who is eternal life. He was with the father and then he was revealed to us. So John knew the Lord and we knew that John was one of the closest disciples to the Lord. He, it says that he used to rest his head against the Lord's chest. And we know the book of John is just so deep in its revelation of who Jesus is. And, and John especially here, as he starts his epistle, was saying that we've, we've seen him, we've touched him, we've walked with him, we've talked with him, our eyes have seen him. You know, he's talking about experiencing Jesus. And I know that in life, we've got to experience Jesus. We've got to experience God in our lives to really know him. There's one thing reading about him. There's one thing hearing about him, hearing messages about him. Um, but it's another thing completely different in actually encountering him and experiencing him in real life with us. And I know that God is a spirit, so we're not gonna always have Jesus stood with us in person, walking along with us, talking along with us, doing everything. But we know spiritually he is with us. He says, he'll never leave us nor forsake us. He, he said, you know, he's Emmanuel, God with us. So he is with us all the time. He never leaves us. Now quickly, just skipping back to um, some of the things that, that Pastor Colin brought last week. Um, he was talking about just dealing with the clutter in our lives, dealing, getting rid of junk in our lives. And, you know, he was relating that to the, Ephes the church in Ephesus where the people burnt their books of sorcery, burnt their idol idols, got rid of anything that was demonic or that was um, taking away their focus from God, taking away their hearts from, the, from God. They just burnt all of that stuff and they said, you know, God, here we are. We want to get rid of all of that. And we just want to focus on you. We give our lives to you. And we're just getting rid of those things that we used to do before and setting our focus, setting our hearts on you right now. And that's a great thing to continue to do. We need to continue to do that all the days of our lives. You know, I don't think we ever get to a stage where we have nothing 
at all that kind of takes that time away from God. We have periods of time where we do clear out stuff, but then sometimes stuff just creeps in. So we just have to keep, you know, checking our hearts, checking our lives and making sure we're making room for Jesus. I, you know, I, I see it as like, I don't know if you have a shed in your, gar- in your garden or your garden itself, or just a room in your house or a bedroom. And, you know, sometimes just junk can just build up and build up and build up. And, you know, you end up just hanging on to things. Oh, I think I'm going to use that one day. And you, you keep it and you store it. And then before you know it, you've got a room full of junk or a shed or whatever, places full of junk, even drawers and cupboards and wardrobes. And I see it as every now and again, God just asking us to just declutter, get rid of the stuff that's just building up, that's not needed, that's taking up room, that's taking up focus, that's distracting and um, clearing things out so that there's more room for what he wants to do in our lives. Uh, we, we painted um, and decorated our kitchen recently and I'm not really that into DIY and doing all of that kind of stuff. And is a lot more capable at doing that than I am. But um, I saw our kitchen and I knew it was in a bit of a state and we just needed to get the walls painted and we needed to, you know, just tidy up some things, fix some holes and, and, and deal with it. And actually the process of doing it can be hard work, you know, filling in the holes and sanding down the surfaces, cleaning the walls, just prepping everything ready so that it can be freshly painted and, you know, freshly uh, decorated. But it can be hard work, the process, but the result at the end is always worth the work that you've had to put in. And we've got a nice looking kitchen at the moment with some different colours, different colours on the walls and everything looking really nice and good. And it, it just it reminds me of that process that God goes through in us, that he wants us to continually just be checking ourselves, keeping ourselves clean, keeping ourselves holy, keeping ourselves ready so that God can use us at any given time. He just doesn't want stuff creeping into our lives that just causes dirt and causes, you know, little sins and they call them little foxes can just creep in and cause us not to be able to fully have that confidence to come before God because we know we've got stuff that shouldn't really be there. You know, Paul said that in in one of the epistles, he said that all things are permissible, but not all things are beneficial. So certain things in our lives like, you know, watching TV or playing computer games or social media or things that draw us away from God and just take up our time. There's nothing wrong in and of themselves uh, with those things, but it's actually, are they beneficial to our lives? Do they actually glorify God? Are they actually the best use of our time? And I know Colin was addressing some of this last week, but it's always good to just remind ourselves of that. Um, One thing that I think is a really good practice, so obviously using that time to fill it with the word, fill it with reading the Bible, worship, prayer, um, witnessing to others. But one thing that's, that's kind of just jumped out to me as I was preparing this message is, you know, also reading Christian books. Christian books can actually have quite a impact on our lives and they can be used as tools for discipleship really Um, because some of the books that I read for example they speak into areas of my life that I'm actually kind of dealing with at the time being so as I'm reading a book I'm realizing that actually some of these some of the things that it's talking about I mean the bible obviously does this as well but some Christian books 
they just hit on certain things that I'm going through in my life at the moment and, um, and really speak directly into it. So God uses things like that to actually disciple us, grow us, strengthen us, encourage us. I just want to share a, a quote, and this is just coming back to uh, the Ephesian scripture and especially verse 17 about knowing God. I just want to share just a little bit of a book that I'm reading at the moment. It's by Rick Joyner. It's part of his Final Quest series. Um, you, can get, you, know, you can get the books on Amazon um, or other bookstores. And actually, it's, it's all, what, his book is basically, it's a story. It's a fictional story, but you can tell it's been inspired by God. And let me just, let me just jump in here. He's, he's telling us about his, um, his story of how he came to know the Lord. And then he goes on to say a few other things. So he, he says this, I, I had been an agnostic before coming to know that God was real. From the time I learned to read, I had a hunger to read everything I could get my hands on. I de developed a love for knowledge and I wanted to know about everything and had many interests. But I began to think that the greatest discovery anyone could ever make would be to know God. At the time, like most people, I was confused by religion, but I thought that if I could ever learn who the real God was, I would spend the rest of my life getting to know him. What could possibly be more important than that? Then I had a supernatural conversion experience that left me with no doubt that God is real and that Jesus is the son of God and everything he said he was in scripture. This was the greatest day of my life. I knew I had found the greatest treasure of knowledge anyone could ever find. I have been in a constant awe, sorry, I've been in constant awe and fascination with him ever since. I cannot imagine life being more wonderful than getting to know him and serving him. It is written that God is love, and I learned that you could not learn anything about him without loving him more. That compels you to learn more about him so that you get caught up in an ever tightening and ascending life spiral that gets stronger and stronger. I call this the great addiction that every other addiction is a counterfeit of. There is nothing that will satisfy the human soul like knowing God. Once you start to know him, you just cannot get to know him enough. Now, the next paragraph here is part of his story that Rick Joyner was telling in, in, in throughout this book. He meets different characters from the Bible and he kind of just talks about what they would, would say or what they did kind of say to him in his story. So he meets Elijah here and this is what Elijah says. To this, I will attest, said Elijah, who joined our company without being noticed. I've seen the glories of earth and heaven, the glories of heaven overshadow the greatest glories of earth, more than, the more than can be conveyed. But the glory of God overshadows the glory of heaven even more so. I have sat in the great councils of heaven. The greatest of all marvels is how the Lord shares his glory with man and how he intends to dwell on earth among men. His love for man is more than anyone has yet comprehended. To know this is the greatest knowledge of all. This is the greatest treasure of all. The highest pursuit of all is to know him. So as I was just reading through that, you could see from what Elijah was saying there and what um, 
Rick Joyner was saying there, that our journey in life is really to know our creator, is to know God. God wants to be known by his creation. And he's revealed himself to his creation through Jesus Christ. And he wants us to come into a loving relationship with himself that grows and grows and grows and that gets ever deeper and ever, ever stronger. And that's what our walk with the Lord should be like. It should be growing and growing and growing. And, you know, life isn't easy. We, we have trials and challenges and things that we go through. But as we go through those things, it's about growing in our trusting in God, growing in our um, ability to cling on to God, know him better so that we can go through and continue to grow in him through things that happen in life, the good and the bad. In John 17, 3, it says this, and this is the way to have eternal life, to know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, the one you sent to earth. So John here was saying that eternal life is to know the only true God, to know God and to know his son. In John 1.18, it says this, no one has ever seen God, but the, o- the one and only son who is himself God and is in the closest relationship with the father and has made him known. So there is a revelation that Jesus is the son of God, but Jesus is also God, you know, our Trinity. And the father has made him known to us. So God has actually made himself known to us so that we can know him and come into that deep revelation with him. Pastor Paul Taylor, who was the the previous pastor in the Crawley congregation before myself and Anna, my wife, took over, he always used to have a a little mission statement that he he would remind us of, and that was to know Christ and make him known. And it's important, actually, that we understand that we are here to know him and to grow in that revelation of who he is, but also to here to make him known to others. So the more we know him, the more we're able to make him known. The more that we grow close to him, the more that we just spend that time with him, encountering him and allowing him to do that deep work on the inside of us, the more we're able to share that work with others so that they realize that God is real. God's not just something theoretical or something from the Bible that we talk about, but he's actually real and living and does real things in our lives. So that verse 17, so where Paul was saying, I keep asking God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious father, that he may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. You know, Paul is, Paul is saying, God, give the people that spirit of wisdom. And wisdom talks about understanding. Wisdom is about um, application. Wisdom is about how you relate to God and walk with God. And then he is also saying about having the spirit of wisdom and revelation. And revelation is that part of God um, of which he reveals himself to us. So we want to know him revealed to us. We want to know that experiential understanding of who he is. And that was Paul's prayer, that you would have wisdom and that you'd have revelation. In Proverbs 2, verse 1 to 6, um, 
Solomon here is is who was the writer of the writer of most of Proverbs says this. He says, "My son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding, indeed, if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as silver and search for it as hidden treasure." then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom and from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. So from that little few verses there, we know that the Lord gives wisdom. And there's, a, there's some scriptures in the book of James, I believe, that says, if you need wisdom, ask for, the, ask for wisdom from God. Believe that you receive it and you'll receive wisdom. So we need wisdom from God to know how to walk with God. In John 14, 6 and 9, there was a time where Jesus was revealing himself to his disciples. And many of us will know this, this passage of scripture. I'm just going to start from, I'm just going to read those few verses and you'll understand where I'm going with this. So Jesus answered, I'm the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. For now on, you do know him and have seen him. So Jesus was revealing himself to the disciples. And, and then Philip cuts in here and, and you, can you can see how Philip didn't quite understand what he's saying. So verse eight says, Philip said, Lord, show us the father and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip, even after I have been among you such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the father. How can you say, show us the father? So Jesus was revealing himself as the father to the disciples. So we know the father, the son, the Holy Spirit. And I think it's one of the greatest mysteries of, of our faith is the Trinity and how that works. And it can be difficult to explain it to people sometimes, but Jesus was showing that he is in the father and the father is him, in him. And everything that Jesus did was because the father worked it in him and through him. And he was saying to Philip there that, don't you know me? If you want to know the father, don't you know me? I am in the father, the father's in me. If you've seen me, you've seen the father. And that's a revelation that we all need to, we need to get a grasp of that actually God is in us. Jesus is in us. The Holy Spirit is in us. And we have the fullness of God inside of us. And we have God revealing himself inside of us and, and through us. I'm just going to read another scripture from Colossians. Uh, this is from Colossians 15 to 19. It says that the son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. So there it's saying the son, Jesus, is the image, flesh. So in, one, in John 1, it says the word was with God and the word was God and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. So the son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him, all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things and in him, all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He's the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead so that in everything, he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. So God deposited himself 
into flesh, into Jesus. And he lived out that life for an example, as an example to us. So Jesus, by his spirit, wants to reveal more of himself in, <laughs> through us in our lives and to us as we, as we continue to walk and grow in our understanding of him. In Philippians 3, 7 to 10, it says, but whatever were gains to me, this is Paul speaking, but whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection and the participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. So Paul knew in, in that little bit of scripture there, Paul knew that my life totally belongs to him. I've just cast off all the things that I thought were great and that were amazing and everything that I, he had experienced um, before his conversion. He's said, I'm just casting all that um, aside, putting it, all those things behind me. And I wanna know Christ. I wanna know Jesus, my Lord, who's for, who's for his sake, I've lost all things. So he was on a mission, Paul was, he was on a mission to gain Christ, it says there, and to get to know him better. In verse 18 of the little bit of scripture from Ephesians, Paul was also saying, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. So there was two bits of prayer there that he was praying over um, the people in Ephesus. And he was first of all wanting us to know the Lord better or wanting to know, you know, he was praying that over the, the church in Ephesus, wanting them to know God better, know Jesus better. But he was also saying that he wanted their eyes to be enlightened in order that they may know the hope to which they've been called. And I believe those two verses there are very closely linked because once you know the Lord, you'll know other things. You'll know the hope to, to what she's called you. you. You'll understand the calling of God on your life. And just to finish this, this morning, what I'd like you to do is to just pray through Ephesians 1, 15 to 23. And if you just pick out the points and pray them for yourself, pick out the, the prayer points there that, um, that Paul has used. And just, I want you to just pray them over yourself. Or you could join with someone. If you want to get with someone that you sat ne next to, you can do that. Or you can just pray, pray over yourself. But just pray that God gives you a spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you know him better. And God gives you a heart and a desire and a passion to want to know him better. And just pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you know the call of God on your life, what he's called, who he's called you to be, what he's called you to do, where he's called you to go. And sometimes with our calling, we can get a little bit kind of um, 
mixed up by what we're called to do because sometimes we feel like there has to be one specific thing that God's called me to do. I often say that I believe the most important call of God on our life is to actually know God, which is what I've been talking about, is to actually relate to God, know Him, walk with Him. That's the call of God for each and every one of our lives. And then everything after that is a function, that fu it's a function out of that. As we abide in Him and He abides in us, He bears the fruit, He does the works, He leads us in the way we need to go. He'll show us what we need to do. So first of all, the call of God on our lives is to know Him, to relate to Him, to walk with Him. So I'm going to leave you now to just, you can read through verse 15 to 23 and just pray through anything through those verses that applies to you. And you can pray that over each other. But my prayer for you is that from this message this morning, it stirred something inside of you, a hunger to want to get to know God better. And that's a lifelong journey. It's a lifelong uh, walk with him, or Paul even calls it a race with him, that we go on from revelation to revelation. We build on the revelation. And there's, there's never a point where you completely come to a point where I know Jesus, I know everything about him. I've done everything that he ever wants me to do. We are always wanting to know him more, wanting to fall more in love with him, wanting to obey him more, wanting to do the things that he wants us to do more. So if you just take that time to pray, I'm just gonna pray and we'll, we'll finish up this morning. Father God, I just thank you for this word, Lord God. I thank you for all the people that are hearing this. And Father, I thank you, Father, for just that heart, that desire to know you better, to want to grow in relationship with you, to want to grow in understanding of who you are and then grow in that love for you, Father. Jesus, I thank you. You've made yourself known to us. And Lord, you've given us every opportunity to know you more and to walk with you more and to do the things you're asking us to do more. So Father, help us, give us that grace. Let us lay our lives down completely for you and let us walk out um, the call of God that you have for all of us, which is to be in deep relationship with you. So thanks a lot and I'll see you another time. Bye. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.